So how's life been? Yes. Lots (laughs) of things that are happening that I am kind of lost, but we're we're, we're rolling. You're rolling. I mean, (laughs) I feel like I haven't talked to you in, like, weeks. Yeah. And in that not speaking for weeks, we've basically missed the entirety of October, which is... Always fun. Missed. I kept up with the events that caught my headlines, except the RTX 40 event, because I couldn't bother anymore. Same. I I mean, I I missed a lot of these events. I mean, I feel like the most, I feel like RTX, the 40, the 4000 series is just like, it's better. Who could have (laughs) guessed? Yeah. A lot of things that happened this year is just kind of like, it's better. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. There hasn't been a lot much in this Techtober that's really raised my bar or caught yeah, my not, attention. Not, not outstandingly, like, whoa! Like, maybe RTX, like, 3000 was or Ryzen 5000. Yeah. I, I mean, there just hasn't been a lot. I, I can't really say a lot because I, I wasn't in tune with much of the month given how uh, <laughs> I'm ready for Halloween. Because there's the first Falcon Heavy launch since 2019 happening on Halloween, crossing my fingers. Ooh. So that's a space thing, though. We'll we'll get to that eventually, maybe if it launches. Also, Artemis, November 14th, y'all. Crossing my fingers it's for that as well. But this is Tech Week, and my name is Derek Pham. I am one of your hosts of Everyday Engineers. I am Stephen Panda, another host of Everyday Engineers. And this week's Tech Week, so. Well, I don't think Tech Week's a good to describe it. I think Techtober, like we've been saying. Techtober. But, uh, Techtober minus our lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are late this week. We are kind of sorry about that, but you know, life. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was busy last week. I actually had to go up to a NASA event last Sunday, which was... I can't get my dates right. Uh, Oct- uh, October 16th. It was a NASA STEM community engagement event. With, I don't know how the, the adjectives, how they, the wording for that, but it was basically up at the uh, Oklahoma State University campus up in Stillwater. Very fun. Met a bunch of people. Got to talk to uh, the director, so very fun, and there will be a video out on that soon once I get all the footage and uh, stuff from her ready to go. So that's where I was... Yeah last week and why it's been postponed why what were you doing last week and in typical first semester of senior year fashion i am trying to do some college application fun <laughs> fun oh, okay well while all that's just happening what, is, what was that mostly the essays because the essays are oh god don't even get me yeah i I'm not looking for. I'm looking forward to my senior year so much. I'm ready to graduate. At the same time, I'm like, mm, college applications. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not fun. <laughs> they are not fun. Well, By, yeah, go ahead. By any means, they're not fun. No. But absolutely. this month is Techtober, and with Techtober comes updates. All, all them treats and all them tricks, because there's a mix of both. <laughs> yeah, 
speaking of tricks, the RTX 40 series. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They released the 4000. Whoa. <laughs> uh, all jokes aside, yeah. I mean, it's fast. Like, yeah, spooky they're, fast. They're faster. Two to four times faster in the case of the 49, or at least they claim that. Right. Um, but the 4080, 4080 is a little interesting because. They have two models. They have the 12 and the 16 gigabytes. They are separated by... Um, About $300. That $400? It looks, $300. It looks like... Yeah, $300. Yeah, $300. However, the 12 gigabyte model was actually based on the older... I think the older 3080 version, or the 3080 card. Just huh. with, like, slightly bumped up specs while the... Uh, the 16 gigabyte version actually had the architecture. Updates. Okay. So the difference between the 12 and 16 gigabytes were so big and like so noticeable because like they they probably push it out thinking like oh no one's not gonna notice but then when the when the reviewers reviewers came around and were like hmm this doesn't look right and they saw this like huge gap between the two cards that forced Nvidia to unrelease the card. <laughs> They they're pulling an opposite of what they used to do. They were releasing old, re-releasing old cards, and now they unlaunched a new card, which I mean, yeah, it's it makes sense. The same thing. Yeah, it's technically they're they're re-releasing an old card with a new name, and then they're unreleasing it because it was. <laughs> I mean, what it's was spec the twelve gigabyte version was spec at nine hundred dollars, and then it was unlaunched. So now we only have the 16 gigabyte version left. That's $1,200. And, I mean, the 4090 is already 1600 So, I mean, I don't yeah, I, I wouldn't be the person that would say, well, I need a 4090 just because it's like a $400 difference and it would be so much better. But just like, at that, at that price point, you're getting dangerously close into like, why don't I just buy a 4090? Yeah. And even then, like, the 4080 itself got a $500 price bump and that means probably most of the lineup also got price bumps that's just like we're going back to like expensive gpu territory and it's just like mm-hmm. i i feel like okay in my personal opinion the, the the nvidia gpus get are great for basically mostly everybody other than heavy sim, heavy rendering and like all the professional of the real professionals out there uh 70 the the 70 territory and the 80 territory i feel like is the best for about everybody <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, the 7080 is probably where you'd want to be. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm just really interested how 30, uh, 3000 series is going to go in pricing right now because 4000's out, meaning 3000's going to go down. And what's that going to say about 2000? Because now, like, whenever I remember when the, what, the, 30, the 3080 was about to come out and the 2080 Ti was going on insane price cuts and then 3080 came out and everyone was like i wish i bought a 3080 before i got a 2080 ti i mean do you, what about dls the uh words escape my mind dlss s s oh there that was one too many s's yes oh no never mind that's an ss3 dlss3 dlss has some improvements that means that you can render at a lower you know, lower resolution, higher frame rate as in a as as a byproduct. And you'll be able to kind of Yeah, have higher higher frame rates. 
in general, just just the usual spec bumps for DLSS and the RTX, the top two tiers of the RTX 40 series. Nice. So basically Not, the 4080 and 4090. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, for, like I said kind of towards earlier in the beginning of the episode, 40 series, 4000 series is just like... Yeah, it happened. It's faster by a lot. No shocker sure there. Happened. I think the biggest Actually, shock was straight up the unlaunch, and that's about it. <laughs> the speed increase has been a little bit debated. Um, yeah. It's not quite the two to four times faster that uh, NVIDIA says it is, but it is still faster. It's still a significant increase. Hmm. But, uh, well, I don't know. NVIDIA, this... I feel like this, if I ever, if I really wanted to go, like, balls to the walls and, like, go nuts if I had an unlimited budget, I would probably would have still put a 3,000 series card on here just instead of the four, uh, 4,000 series, mainly because, yes, I would have an unlimited budget. It's just that it's a, it's a chonker of a boy. Oh, it's a yeah, chonker. it's huge. It is a chonker. It is huge. It is, the, the 30 series is already, like, twice the size of a 10 series and on top of that you're putting in like like it's doubling again like i mean uh, okay two i mean it looks really cool like a lot of the designs look really cool like i won't get wrong with you but like uh that's chonker and this like practically every case out there right now i swear like no matter how big i feel like there's only there's no case out there with its maximum like limit in like width to fix uh to fit it uh, a gpu like there's no case out there that will like barely barely even squeeze that in i guess i guess the best way to put this is like with like the 10 series it was possible to get a card with like the height like like the the bay that you put it in in your in your card slot like right. it, it takes up one card slot right? right that was possible now it takes up four oh oh, oh. it takes up the most of that's cooling four i mean it it, it just a te- it's a testament to how far technology has gone i mean it's just you know Sometimes you just got to sit back and think, yes, we've kept the same form factor-ish for, like, multiple generations, but um, the cooler has just basically been extended and made a chunky boy. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. So, that kind of brings into question, if you didn't have all that cooling, is the 40 series really that much faster? Yeah, well... That'll, that'll be something that's tested out more and more as more of the 4000 series gets rolled out. Yeah. I, I hope to see someone kind of test that. Like, how much faster is a 40 series if you didn't have all of that cooling change? That's true. LTT, get on it. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely sure someone in their lab has thought of that. And if not, what's wrong with you? That would be so cool. Exactly. Get the... Get your lab, get your lab people on this. <laughs> I mean, he just broke his budget getting a new building for the team. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. In other GPU news, 
Intel. We have Intel Arc, the A7 series, which is kind of like... How would we say? Hmm. Like the, the 3070. 3070. Give yeah, me 47. one quick moment. You can keep talking. I gotta go grab something real quick. But yeah, it is the it is the second best card in their lineup, and it's kind of targeting the thirty sixty kind of space. Um, but the A seven seventy and the A seven fifty both launched on October twelfth. That's wow! With okay. a price tag of three hundred and twenty nine and two hundred eighty nine dollars, respectively. Interesting. Okay, so wait, how much did the how much was the thirty sixty? I have no idea. Let me see. Let me see. Thirty sixty price. I do because know that it is. That sounds super cheap. Oh, the thirty sixty from Nvidia is about two hundred fifty dollars. That's not bad then. So three three twenty nine to eighty nine. That's about a hundred around like a like forty to one hundred dollar jump. That's not mm-hmm. bad. Not bad at all. Um, it, it's competitive with the thirty sixty. Sometimes, and that's kind of the big kind of marker around the Intel Arc series, is that they beat out both Intel and AMD sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like. Oh, he beat, he beat out himself. That's great. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to process your sentence. It said Intel beat, its, beat Intel and AMD, and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, Intel, uh, not Intel. The NVIDIA and AMD. Yes, Intel, so, did, Intel did beat itself from its own integrated graphics. <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> I definitely hope so. Nothing to shame on Iris XE. Those are like, they're really good integrated graphics. They're but not good. enough for me to change. <laughs> but yes, because um, sometimes competitive. Right. Um, specifically, they're 1440... Um, 1440p kind of leads leads on the 3060 and somewhere down here. They tend to have better ray tracing than AMD. Wow. That's And occasionally better than NVIDIA. Yeah, but I'm gonna... I mean, the NVIDIA... NVIDIA's king of ray tracing. Like, the few... I feel like if Intel were to boast saying, oh, it was better in some cases, it would be very specific, very minute cases. It would be. I think it's like a couple games or something like that where they have that <coughs> yeah, that lead, but it's not super like widespread. Yeah. However, it is it is nice to see like this is a new player that is already sometimes beating Nvidia, even though it's very rare. That's very rare, and it could be some discrepancies good. as well. But, I mean, pretty good. 1440p that's it's good that it's leading over the 3060 in some areas cuz 1440p is really the minimum these days is and it, yeah, it is getting cheaper at 1440p is ever so slowly getting cheaper and cheaper but if you get if you get an arc card an arc gpu you really really should have what was it was it 12th gen or 11th gen that introduced resizable bar um, I think, I think it's maybe like ninth or tenth gen. <laughs> oh wait, no, it was AMD that introduced. AMD it, started, like, yes. A and then Intel followed, and then Intel followed. 
No, in, I think... Yes. Let me see. Let me search this up. I want to make sure I'm thinking of this. Sorry. When did Intel come out with Resize? Uh, in the meanwhile, while, while Derek kind of looks that up, the main thing about Resizable Bar for the Arc series is that it is a basically a necessity to have Resizable Bar. So resizable it, Bar um, uh, uh, works with Intel 10th Gen chips in newer. 10th Gen, okay. So, test gen onward is kind of where you want to be if you're looking at the ARC series. Um, what resizable bar is, if you don't know, is that you're basically sharing RAM between the CPU and the GPU. So, if the CPU is not using your entire, like, amount of RAM that is available on your computer, it's going to allocate some of that to your GPU, and your GPU can pull some of that RAM. AMD, with having both a CPU and a GPU division, supported that first, then NVIDIA, but neither of them really, like, both of them saw, like, pretty big performance improvements, but it's not nearly as big as the RK7. For the ARC, it is so much of a necessity that, that, that Intel basically said, if you don't have resizable bar support, you might as well just get a 3060, because it's just, like, <laughs> that <laughs> much of a necessity. <laughs> I mean, this is what happened. I mean, I I won't do spoilers over into another section, but like it's kind of like what Marquez said. Kind of with Arc right now, you're seeing a lot of first gen gripes. He didn't say that about Arc specifically, but I can see a lot of first gen gripes through uh, yeah. Intel right now, and it's good. It's a great first step for uh for Intel, and like I said, myself, I really wanted Arc to be successful. As much as I really, really wanted to, because that was, in my mind, the real, like, Windows competitor to Apple Silicon. And, you know, it's first gen, so yes, I'm disappointed, but no, I'm not, because I know there's going to be more things down the line. It's just, uh, right now, it's a little uh, crazy. It's great with a lot of AI and stuff right now, but... uh. Those drivers I've been hearing about from some of those TechLit videos are... Huh. 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 A little stinky. <laughs> they are. But, you know, they're also... Not only are they good at AI, they're good at AV1 encoded, encoding and decoding. So that's, like, video production stuff. It's kind of like the... Uh, I wouldn't say the, like, successor to... H.264, but it's, like, an alternative that's usually better, and a lot of people seem to like it. Um, but in general, it's just kind of iffy. It's kind of iffy. Um, but Art, it's Art just, is just a mixed bag of cards. It's, it's great, it's a, and then it's, like, eh. It's a mixed bag, but I really want to see some people, like, take the risk with this first generation, because I want to see Rick survive. Absolutely. I want first generation. I want Arc not necessarily to. I want Arc to improve in all areas, but I want Arc to specifically uh, do better in laptops because, like I said, that I feel like that's the only Windows uh, competitor to the M one, M two, wherever, however far Apple's gonna go with this. So if they're able to nail it, I'm sticking. But I don't know. I, Unless I really, really want to pain myself with the Apple ecosystem, there are still chances every day I could switch over. So. Yeah. 
Speaking ecosystem. of silicon, Intel 13th gen. Oh my gosh. Also, no big shocker. It's better and also a strong, uh, very similar to how 12th gen came out. It was a very strong competitor to your AMD. Yes. Um, just kind of. Okay, so chronologically, 13th gen came out after Ryzen 7000. Right. But if we if we're we're gonna look at Ryzen seven thousand after this, just kind of as a as a you know overview. But thirteenth gen actually performs better than Ryzen seven thousand in almost every case. That uh, yeah. Um, except at the very high end, which is kind of where like when Ryzen announced, I think it was either their fourth or fifth gen that's kind of the position that Ryzen and Intel are in right now, where the Ryzen really only has the, like, super top-end, very specific cases, but Intel has, like, the top-speed crown, has price per, price per dollar, has, like, low lower cost, upper cost. It's just, like, edging out wins and everything, but it's only just edging out. Yeah. It's not a decisive win. It is a small It's, it's win. very mixed bag. Like, regardless of your team red or team blue, I mean, you're you're on the winning side regardless, and not by much on both sides. Not by much at all. Thir- 13th, um, gen, 13th Gen takes a very interesting approach compared to Ryzen 7000. Um, it supports DDR5 up to 5600 50, uh, megahertz, right? Yes, up to 5,600, so that is a bump from 12th gen. Great. But the, th- the thing about 13th gen is it's backwards compatible with DDR4, which is everything right now because people buying DDR5 are insane, and I don't know how much money they have in their bank, but they have a lot of it. But yeah, Ryzen 7000 isn't backwards compatible and for right. DDR4. And it's a good, like, a good way to push like change. But... I feel like DDR5 needs at least another year or two to fully settle into the market before it's really that user uh, user reachable. Yeah, it is way too expensive at this point, and it actually doesn't really show that much of a no, performance increase all. at this time. Right. It they, is... In the future, there could be... Software and applications could be... Uh, modified to fully take advantage of DDR5's true potential. Look, <laughs> Apple. But, um, yeah. Yeah. At this point in time, nobody's really taking full potential of it, and the <laughs> speeds <laughs> that they hold <laughs> they support aren't really quite enough to, like, differentiate it from DDR4 at this time. Right. But regardless, so in- 13th gen is delayed. It's a, it's a hot boy. Pretty hot boy. It is a, it is a hot boy, <laughs> as per usual with Intel. But on the Ryzen side of things, Ryzen's kind of looking a lot more <coughs> like Intel right now because they switched to an LGA socket, which basically means the pins are on the motherboard instead of the CPU, and they're also hot boys. I, I honestly... Uh, yeah, I, I like the... From a building standpoint, like if you're building a, uh, a PC... Having an LGA socket to me makes more sense because CPU packaging is like horrendous in some cases sometimes. So <laughs> you're banking on the fact that your pins on the CPU ain't gonna go crazy. 
Right. But on the LGA socket with the pins on the motherboard, there's a better chance for you just to make it safer. If you kind of understand what I'm saying. But that's just yeah, a personal I, thing. I, like, I understand their Intel and AMD definitely do not lack in their uh, CPU packaging. But, you know, from a second-hand market usage standpoint, it's worth taking into consideration. Yes. Um, as, as we've said before, no DDR4 support, which is kind of in some places. Because, you yeah. know, DDR support's going to be a station. In terms of uh, being able to, you know, take advantage of that, uh, being able to build a PC, <laughs> finding parts. Um, but on the on the other hand, um, seven uh, Ryzen seven thousand is built on the Zen four architecture, which is a which is a completely new architecture, which is based on TSMC's five nanometer process, which is tiny, like improvement. <laughs> um, but actual performance improvement improvements, according to LTT Labs, is kind of marginal, not that big. Yeah. But it's it's Oof. really prod, uh, productivity focused, which people like it's, me absolutely love. Yes, productivity <clears throat> actually sees a decisive improvement over last generation. Gaming, not so much, mm-hmm. but it is. Yeah, Ga- not so, saying that uh, gaming isn't bad. It's still way higher than average. Way, way higher uh, as as Ryzen has been since three thousand uh, Ryzen three thousand. But yeah, I think a big step. I think not really in terms of the performance for gaming this year has really been integrated graphics because now every Ryzen seven thousand CPU has integra- integrated graphics. Yes. I don't know why they didn't do this before Intel, because, you know, they have a graphics division. <laughs> and for a long time, um, their their, gra- their integrated graphics were much better than NVIDIA's for quite a while. Yeah, but mm, now not so much. Now, been now, now in- integrated graphics that is right now is just at a weird standpoint for me, because it's like, it's good, but like not compared to... Like obviously the high the, the 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 king of the hill is uh, M one and M two, but you know when you look down the hill, it's not like oh they're ascend- it's ascending the hill. Uh, Iris XC and Rayon graphics uh, integrated graphics are a little like somewhere between like the start and the halfway point. Mm. Yeah, it's just kind of. I know. But you know. Um. Ryzen is always the funny one that goes with liquid nitrogen. Yes. <laughs> and seven zip benchmarks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, the the benchmarks that have come out after the 7000 show the Ryzen 9 7950 breaking records in Cinebench R23, R20, and R25, and seven zip. Now, the interesting part about this is that it did not require the liquid nitrogen as most insane overclockers do. So this this is kind of, kind of interesting. Hmm. However, even though that does seem it is a cooling improvement, the TDP bump, which is the amount of power draw it takes, oh, has kind of increased. It's kind of increased. And uh, you, got, you, 
it's it's drink and power. Yeah. If it's, you if you thought forty ninety in the four uh, four thousand series was gonna break your wall, uh, your yes, break your wall and also your outlet, uh, you are right. And so does Ryzen seven thousand. Yes. So you have some <laughs> hot chips, um, as a result of this, and uh, cooling has now become very important on both sides of the. Uh, CPU wars. So, you gotta break out that cash and go to Noctua.com and buy, <laughs> buy one of their coolers. Or Noctua. just any, any, <laughs> any really. But... Noctua is so great. But yeah, you, you need to, you need to bump up that cooling to really take advantage of either of these cards. Um, but we're kind of at up. that point, right? Like, what is that, RTX 40 series? You need a lot of cooling, Intel 13th Gen, Ryzen 7000, all just, like, you need, like, a ton of metal <laughs> each to, to keep it cool. So, trade-offs. Yeah, trade-offs, and also trade-offs with Windows 11. I'm looking through the entire, like, um, update blog right now, and... It's very, mm, mm. it's very, very it's a, to, to, for lack of a better way to, like, explain it, uh, version 22H2, um, it's basically Windows 11 at launch in a nutshell. Yeah, or what uh, Windows 11 should have been at launch. <laughs> you ain't wrong there, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it has, you know, visual improvements. So, you know, whenever you open up Task Manager, it doesn't look the exact same as Windows 10. Same with the loading. Whoa. Whenever you actually first turn on your computer, the loading animation looks more modern and more Windows 11-esque. Um, the start menu isn't quite as irritating actually usable so, it actually looks modern thank you where where you have that like recommended thing i hate that recommended thing it's so irritating i exactly. want to get rid of it you can make it smaller you can't really get rid of it but you can make it smaller which is a step in the right direction but not to be because i don't want to see the recommended yep and oh, the ui looks actually modern as well um no more Windows 10 clunky, no rounded corners, sharp rectangles, whatever, parallelograms. You now actually have something that's like Apple's taskbar from the top, but like at the bottom in terms of like the uh, indicators. Yes, and you also have, as I'm messing with on my computer right now. Oh, Scott, you already installed it? Yes. <laughs> Scared. <laughs> The the snap layouts that you have on your um on your desktop actually whenever you like click one of your windows basically and hover to the top, there's a bunch of pre selected snap layouts that you can actually just like immediately snap your window to and it'll just put them in the right layout for you. Oh my just god, like, they oh. finally they this wasn't... I thought these were, like, rumors. Oh, my God. There's actually tabs in Native Windows Explorer and uh, File Explorer now. Oh, my God. Oh. 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 Is there? Oh, that's what it says. Oh. Why do we not see it? That's what it says on here. Oh. I hope so. Wait. Uh, you have to... 
Uh, the type support, multiple instances of the app, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'd probably have to, like, enable it or something in some, like, obscure folder. Ah, you ain't wrong. But, I mean, thank you, even though this should have been at launch, like I said. Because uh, tabs on, if you're, when you're a content creator, basically you want File Explorer open and you want to have all your files. But having, like, five different File Explorer windows is really annoying. So, yeah, thank you, Microsoft, for doing something that a uh, off-market creator did and I used for a lot of my time. Power toys. That's basically all the power toys. <laughs> yup. Task Manager actually looks like the Windows setting apps now, which kind of disappoints me. I kind of like the old one. Yeah, look at that. Wait, let me let me let me do some let me do some screen sharing. Screen one, go live. All right. Look at see. this boy. Oh. What boy? I see your own Discord screen. Long <laughs> <laughs> screen. Oopsies. At least he isn't breaking my eyes. <laughs> also, you want okay. Also, un very unpopular opinion. Um, Windows eleven, the task the taskbar icon should be centered in the middle because uh, it's dis it looks better that way. What this? Yes, personally. See, here's the thing. I tend to just like not look down and just click on something. So, I just don't like it moving around. I mean, I've, I've gotten used to it at this point. Most of my taskbar yeah. is static a lot of the time. So, like, yeah. And also, I'm one of those people that are heavily an alt... I'm an alt-tab person. So, like, it's... Just, you know. And to me, okay, the old Windows logo looked a lot better on the left because it looked ugly. Like, the Windows 10 <laughs> logo looked ugly. But now it looks clean and minimal. So, I mean, it looks fine wherever, but if you put it on the left, it makes it, to me, it makes it seem like it's just there, you know? Yeah. Also, I, like, don't really daily drive either, or I just, like, flip between them so often that it's just gonna, like, I'm gonna get lost. <laughs> that's fair. Well, that's Windows. It's Windows 11. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's all I can really we can really just sum up this update. It's just yeah, but yeah, uh, Stadia or technically Stadia and Logitech because there's been news from Logitech as well for this. Stadia is basically shut down or in the process of shutting down. January eighteenth, twenty twenty three is the final nail in the coffin for Stadia. Boom! Thank God. <laughs> well, I mean Stadia technology wise is Stadia was is a great it's... step. It it was probably it's probably still is the best in terms of game streaming like technology wise, but they couldn't advertise it in the usual Google, Google fashion. fashion. So. Um, but yes, they will refund everyone who has bought Stadia and any Stadia only games or games that are specific to Stadia. Those will be refunded. And um, what's really awful about this is that the devs who are actively working on Stadia and devs who are, like, actively making, like, Stadia-only games, so Stadia exclusives, right. learned about this at the same time that we did. Dang, that's... Dang. 
I mean, at the end of the day, I feel bad for the, all the engineers and software developers the most because I yeah. mean, nurturing it from when it was just a concept to being a really good product to poor execution. I mean, I feel bad for them. And at the end, yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, it's also Google's like we said, it was Google's fault for not advertising it well, and of course, adding uh, adding Stadia onto their long list of. Let's do this for a really long time and then cut it out. <coughs> Google Plus. Yes. Oh, there's a whole site about that now. Things Google killed. <laughs> I forgot what it is. <laughs> killed like by Google Graveyard. Graveyard. <laughs> oh my Graveyard. gosh. Oh, I Look remember YouTube Originals. Look at how big this is. It's still going. Oh, I need to search this up. Uh, Google, Google Graveyard. Google Video Player. Zeitgeist. Oh, God, I remember no. that. Google Page Creator. Oh, my Google God. Currents? I thought that was gone. Google Hotspot. Google Sets. Google Directory. Google Dictionary. Google Hang Lab, Oh, Google I forgot. I, YouTube Go. Oh. 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 Capture. Google Capture. Tool. I, like, barely remember that. Fitbit. <laughs> Oh my god. Ah, let's yeah, there we go. Google Play Movies and TV. I remember Google getting rid of that as fast finger. as I possibly could. You know something Those I miss things. though? What? Google Cardboard. I do I miss, miss Google that. Cardboard. <laughs> I don't. You know what I don't miss? Google Play Music. Oh my god. You have like the op if you were talking to Linus right now, he would probably throw you. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I used okay. To, to be fair, Google Play Music's one advantage in my heart is that you can play audio files off the uh, off your phone and it would, and it would still be fine. YouTube Music can't do that. Get on it, Google. Fix it, please. Because whenever I didn't have a SIM card yet and couldn't have access to... Oh, I forgot about YouTube. Um, basically, I didn't have like a SIM card, so I didn't have active internet, and I had to do a bunch of Wi-Fi calling and stuff. Um... Excuse me, all I could do was listen to audio, like, audio files, so, or, like, screen-recorded stuff, so, uh, hello, I want that back. I also want it so that, like, whenever you play a song on, uh, YouTube Music, it doesn't play the music video. Automatically? Yeah, it, auto it plays the music first, and then if there isn't, like, a video version, if there isn't a music version that plays the video one, like, please, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and then, like, multiple, like, listings of the same song. I just want one. Yeah. I just like, want the song. <laughs> That's it. Like, okay, Google, Google, uh, YouTube Music, by far, in my heart, has the best chance in becoming the best uh, music streaming service, period. The it best, can. period. Because it has the biggest library possible, because you have access to YouTube. And, and like, it's it's just, you need to fine-tune some, uh, some of the little nicky picky details like we were just talking about the audio like playing audio files off your phone and, and audio that. quality as well yeah but i mean <gasps> inbox by gmail oh oh inbox I love by, that. oh google url url shortener oh oh the days oh google url shortener i miss that so much youtube version nintendo 3ds Hey, I'm going to be honest. I use that. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> it's fun. Anyways, speaking of Google and YouTube, 
4K. Let's pay for it. It's a subscription now. Or maybe. Oh, yes. No. So. Shut up, phone. Oh, my God. My phone's going crazy because I say Google. At this point in time, 4K, watching 4K content on YouTube is free. You don't have to pay for it. Yeah. However. Yeah. Now, soon, you're going to have to have YouTube Premium to watch 4K content on the YouTube. Fun. Now, some have said <coughs> that it's for that they can stay profitable because that's a lot of content. A lot of 4K content, a lot of data centers, a lot of space you need for that. Right. Thousands of hours of content uploaded every second, and with your iPhone and uh, your your Samsungs and all of these phones in the world being able to record 4K content, probably also HDR, and a lot of this content is being uploaded at 4K, you're going to have some issues. 4K 30, y'all. Unlike a lot of my friends in... Career tech, they think 4K 60 is the best. 4K 30 on phones is really good. Moving on. <laughs> I don't even know what this is talking about. Oh yeah, Chrome, the manifesting where it breaks ad blockers. I myself am a avid ad block user, except for the YouTube co uh, content creators that do deserve ads. I promise, I do yes. have ad restrictions on have, certain people. I've whitelisted a good number of channels. But um, um, everywhere else where it's a, a nuisance, <coughs> Microsoft, fix your, uh, uh, what is it, Outlook homepage, because what the heck, why do you have ads on your homepage? Um, fix that, please. That's the real, that's the really the places that uh, Adblock really hits in my life. Now, you use Chrome. Well, I use I'm January. I'm January. Fed ad blockers will stop working. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I might switch to Firefox because of that. I, I, I've been, I mean, you know, but just for everyone else, I've been holding out against Fire, uh, Firefox mainly because I heavily, heavily use uh, tap groups. And Firefox, I, I, tried, I tried it for a day, and my workflow tanked so bad I just gave up halfway through the day and I was like, nope, let's just go back. So I am a avid Edge user mainly because I don't do Chrome anymore other than for school purposes, so. Yeah. I should be a Safari user. There's the Chrome Edge user, which are like the normal people. The Firefox users, which is like you know, the Firefox users. And then there's Safari users. Yeah, you have you, you either have Firefox or Safari. Um, they're the only two that won't be severely ex affected by this update. Okay, so actually, let, let, let's do some uh, background on what this update is and how does it break stuff happening. So this manifest, which is Manifest V3, is kind of the, the not really... It's the API, so it's it's kind of what a lot of these, um, what which, uh, I'm blanking. A lot of these Chrome extensions are based on, and not only Chrome extensions, but because so many browsers on the Chrome platform or the Chromium platform, Edge being a great example, 
that means that if you want to be able to use extensions or have any sort of like developers looking and being like, yes, I want to create extension for your platform. You have to support a manifest so that they don't have to rewrite their entire code for your for your own browser. So that means Firefox 2 uses manifest v3. It's just that they found a workaround, which we'll get to later. Um, so that means that this manifest update will be hitting not only Chrome, but anything based on Chromium, Opera, um, Edge, etc., etc., etc. Keep on blah, 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 blah. Now, this update will uh, break, like, smart. Sm I, I guess you could, yeah, smart. Um, ad blockers. So the biggest example would be uBlock Origin. Mm -hmm. um, because the uBlock Origin uses an API called Web Request, and Web Request is what Manifest V3 is going to be phasing out. Now, what Web Request does is it allows the extension to look at, examine, and modify each request that you make. So every time you go to a site, you make a request to say, okay, can can you connect me to the site? And then you'll do some internet routing. So you'll go to your, your like home router. Your home router says, I want to look for this thing. And then like some nearby, nearby like, you know, the internet, internet stuff happens. I don't really want to go into the whole thing, but <laughs> right. internet stuff happens. Um, and so it's called a web request because you're asking for, hey, can you find the site for me from the internet? And it allows the extension to look at, okay, you're asking for this site. How about, instead of that, I'm going to send you a router request for this different thing, this different site. So um, Google looked at that and said, you know what? That does not seem very safe. And they're perfectly fine in thinking that it's not perfectly safe because if your extension is malicious, then this web request API could be used for pretty bad things. However, it's also used to essentially block out malicious requests as well. Right. So if you're if you're sitting on like your, I don't know, ThinkPad from the early two thousands. Yeah, if you're if you're sitting on one of those, and your computer just says, "I'm gonna request something from Adobe, not Adobe, Adobe." <laughs> Adobe.com, and <laughs> it, it pulls in an ad from that, and it requests that ad. Your your extension is going to look at that and say, hmm, that does not seem very safe, and it blocks it. And what Web Request allowed it to do is it would it allowed it to kind of like dynamically look at requests and say, hmm, that does not seem very safe, and it allows it to kind of compute that on its own. The new version, which is supposed to be, quote, safer on declarative web request, constricts the amount of and how domains can be blocked. And now it's more of like a blacklist instead of it allowing to kind of think, okay, this does not seem right, let's block it. This seems right, let's not block it. Now you're going to have to say, don't, or block Adobe, block google.ads.com, block da-da-da-da-da, block da-da-da-da-da, and you have to make this big list, and I think that list maxes out. So, it's not nearly as effective. And although Google says it's in the name for safety, they're the, one of the biggest ad companies. <laughs> this could easily oh. be. And to help them get more money with ads. They say it's not, but 
Also, speaking of Adobe.com, uh, here's Adobe.com. Adobe.com? You actually went to it? <laughs> in the uh, incognito, I promise. I would Adobe. never, I would never search that up in. Five hundred dollars for Adobe dot com. <laughs> That's a, why. Okay, but yeah, looking good. Not looking good for Google because nope. that's. But oh my gosh, oh my gosh, the like the best news of Techtober, I swear. Oh my gosh, USB C iPhones. The EU is. <laughs> Has passed the vote. Uh, USB C it has is now standard, except it's not done yet. Which, but it's basically done. It's halfway done, basically. Yes. Yeah, yes. We're three, we're two yes. We are two thirds the way through, boys. Boys and girls, we are two thirds the way through the process, and it's looking pretty good. <gasps> Oh, and then that's not taking into account how terrible USB-C standards are. And also and how confusing two, it is. And given that it's two-thirds of the way through, and right now is when Apple's going to start looking at their phones next for gen. next year, yes. I don't think they're going to take the chance and make it lightning. I they, think this puts them in a position where they have to make it USB-C. Yes, absolutely. And, okay, I, I mean, okay, I, I run back on what I said about the 14 Pro. I, of course, I said I'm still going to stand by and say I'm not going to buy it. And one of the biggest deal breakers to me was can't shoot Pro Raw and Pro Res without like having terrible transfer speeds. So, um, yeah. yeah, let's exclude them that. But if they would have came out with USB-C this year with all the new Pro Raw, Pro Res capabilities with 48 megapixel, <laughs> Samsung, um, then, yeah. You know, we would be living in a perfect world right now. I would have easily switched any day. But no, Apple, you're about to lose a customer. You're welcome. However, due to these, due to USB-C being kind of unstandard, the data speeds may not always be the same, which is kind of the last sticking point behind this. Because Apple, what Apple could do is limit the speed of USB-C and just be like, 5 gigabytes per second. No, no. Megabytes, yes. <laughs> 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 I mean... Or, or there could be... There's very little stopping Apple from being like, you know how this is like where your power comes in? What if we made that the data? And it, like, they, there's very little stopping Apple from just being like, just going to make our own pri- 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 proprietary cables or doing something really stupid like that. Yes. Also, like I was taking a little jab at their 48 megapixel thing. Uh, this is an official Samsung ad. I love that. It's so funny. It basically says, 48 megapixels? You're almost there, Apple. And it shows a S22 Ultra. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. Context, uh, Apple and sure. Samsung's, like, ad war is just, like, the funniest thing. Context for the uninitiated. Samsung's are at, to, like, 250 megapixels. Um, yeah, bah. Anyway. What is it? Next up, Cloud Act. Not much to say about it, except that the U.S. and Great Britain can request data from each each other's ISPs and pull info, which is not that great if you're one of those priv- privacy aficionados. Because 
some say that is a step to cross surveillance. So, like, not only can the U.S. government say, hey, here's this guy. Can, can you give me his info? The Great Bin can be like, hey, you know that guy? Can you give us your info? Stuff like that. So... Fun. Thank you. Uh, next news, newest duo, newest duo on the pack will be uh, Google MI five. <laughs> or is it is it MI five or MI six? I can't remember. No. Uh, MI five. 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 MI five. <laughs> okay. Um, what is it? What was I trying to think of before I lost on a rabbit cloud of MI5? Yes! Google! Made by Google 22? Oh! I'm so happy. And also very disappointed in a lot of ways. Um, you put on here Pixel 6a. Uh, Pixel 6a came out a while ago. <laughs> Oops. So, Oopsies. <laughs> but yeah. For anyone that didn't know Pixel 6a when it came out, it is basically just Pixel 6. Uh, smaller and not as uh, strong as base Pixel 6. Cheaper, but it's still very solid in terms of a phone. So, uh, what really, really, really made me happy this year was Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro. Congratulations, Google. You've kept me as a customer because I am staying, I am avidly staying Android for more than a year because. I, I mean, I'll say it now. I want a Pixel 7 or 7 Pro, period. Because it... Oh. The camera... The camera... It's, okay, the cameras are... Like Marquez says, Google's taking a classic approach of, well, if it's the hardware it's a problem, let's solve it with software. So, <laughs> thank you, Google. But unlike Apple, sometimes they've nailed absolutely nailed this year's software um what is it photo unblur which is basically their uh what it does is in post-processing you can choose to unblur some photos that are taking a little blurry maybe in motion or stuff like that it's not like it's not meant to completely unblur it because that's extremely hard to do but it does its best in a lot of scenarios it looks really good and even in older photos as well, you're just able to use Photo Unblur. And the best thing about basically every new software feature they've brought for photos, they're going to try to make it uniform throughout all Google Photos apps, period. Yeah, and I, I remember reading about this. It's just so cool that they just like, you, you take in like a super zoomed in picture and it looks like absolute trash. And then you actually take the picture, and it's just, like, clear as day. I know. It's so, so good. Seven, I love the new camera bump as well, in my opinion. Um, scratches scratches cool, yeah. galore. Like, I recommend getting a skin or something for that ASAP, but it looks like clean. It. it looks what the pill should have looked like. I like it, but I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's, it, in, it, it's, it's what the pill Apple tried to implement in <laughs> Dynamic Island correctly. Yeah, I hate it so much. On my gr on my grave, I should put in like buy in like I should like write some very small binary dynamic island. <laughs> yeah. 
And then you see people who are like, oh, I got this fun app for my dynamic island. It's so irritating. It is. Like, like really? Is it really that much of a feature? Like, really? It really isn't. Like, it's just Apple's way of being like, haha, we're late to the game. Let's try to do the Apple way and make it look better with software. Uh, yeah, Google's been doing that for a long time, and it looks old, and Google does it much better. Apple, take notes, please, and thank you. RCS, especially. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> Anyways, please. moving on to the sort of disappointment of the event. Pixel Watch. The thing we've been waiting so, 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 so long for. And for a first-generation watch... It's a first generation watch. I mean, I don't know what else what else to say about that. It's just it's a first generation smartwatch from Google and it's <laughs> Yeah, it's just like bezel the bezels are on that thing horrendous. You don't understand. <laughs> oh. but, but I mean it's yeah. a first gen it's a first gen smartwatch. Google has time to improve. I'm disappointed. We've been waiting this long and we got this. But at the same time, you have to expect that from a first gen anything. So, Fair. I'll we'll look wait. at you, Intel. We'll, we'll wait. <laughs> we'll wait with Pixel Watch and see how it goes. But for right now, uh, my recommendation and my personal preference please do not buy one. For the love of God, please do not buy a Pixel Watch. But the problem with that is that just is a sign to Google to do what they do best and drop the product. No, don't. Like, buy, like you don't understand how hyped people were for this thing. Like, the lo- outpouring of just love and excitement for Pixel Watch is so high. Like, whenever, like, people that are telling you, oh, it's bad, they're trying to tell, they're trying to tell you it's bad, but hey, we understand it's the first smartwatch y'all have ever made. Now, just improve on next time, and then we'll really judge it. Yeah, they. This definitely has a lot of space to get better, and it's it's looking really promising. Yeah, Pixel Buds Pro. Next part. Uh, you know, Pixel Buds Pro. I I like it. Two hundred dollars. Um, this year's colors actually look really good, and uh. Yeah, Pixel Buds Pro. Price cancellation. Pretty, I mean, it's a, maybe, it's not obviously as best of an alternative to the AirPods, especially the AirPods Pro 2nd Gen, but, um, yeah. still a good competitor. If you just, if you really want to stick in the Google, with Google and you don't trust any other manufacturer, then you're still in a solid place to go. Personally, I, uh, what I've been hearing is that, um, the probably the only real competitor to <coughs> the new AirPods is the second gen Quiet Comfort earbuds from Bose, which kind of makes sense. It's Bose. Yes, it's Bose, um, and they're not nearly as massive as the ones that I have. They're actually like kind of low profile, and they nice. actually they look pretty good. Let me see if I can find. While he's while he's doing that, we'll move on to the last part of. Uh, made by Google event this year, Pixel Tablet. Uh, it's planned for release sometime in 2023, and if you really look at it, it's a real Nest hub e design. Basically, take a Nest Hub tablet, take it off, and that's the Pixel Tablet. Looks cool. I like the idea. Um, 
it it's an interesting step for Google to take it and having functionality where you can put it on a dock and use it at, like a Nest Hub, basically. But I, it's an interesting concept. I want to see how it goes and obviously how the specs and everything goes. But, um, yeah, Pixel tablet all around. Good, uh, pretty good re- announcement. Oh, wow, those look good. Those are like those are definitely chunky, but like those look good. Yeah, fairly decent. Nice. All right. Anyways, we just finished up Google. Uh, I don't know what rabbit hole we're about to go down next. Let's see. Netflix. Ha. Ha ha. Actually. Ha ha. That's. Yeah. This is essentially a big round of disappointments. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be um, honest. Like, I feel like every week we've had some sort of mention of Netflix, and one that's good because <laughs> they're in the news. Two, for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Very much. Um. Uh. See, Netflix in terms of other streaming services. Yeah. It's kind of been on the decline right now. Um, there's just so many that it's just. They were so desperate Almost. that they, they were so desperate for customers that they told everybody, "Remember Netflix gaming, which no one ever did." <laughs> yeah, like, dude, they, they, they've lost all of their Disney movies, and that's like, so much of it. And then they're they're losing like Paramount. Paramount all left. It's just like there's so many streaming services now that I'm kind of like, are we just going back to like cable boxes where you just have all of these channels and someone's gonna come around and be like, oh here's here's this pack of uh, streaming services. Oh, it's for thirty dollars a month. Woohoo! Mm, I don't want to go back to that. Like we've taken like, like this, like we said earlier, Techtober has really been a real mixed bag of emotions because like. Yes, made by Google twenty two and what was it the the EU passing the uh, what is it USB C thing and this this month has really been a great step forward in so many areas a real uh yeah that's expected from Nvidia Intel AMD and everybody else and then there's stuff like Netflix where you're just like fun yeah but. I mean, yeah. They're yes. just gonna have ads on ads on Netflix as a tier, and that's great. <laughs> well, moving um, on to Microsoft. If, if they're disappointments, if, if, if my, yeah, if Microsoft can do one thing right, it may it's every time they announce a new Surface product, I look at it, I'm like, is this today I switch? And I'm like, nah. It looks just as bad as I remember it. Not saying that the Surface products are bad, just saying that they are very lackluster. Yeah, they're not special. Um, But yeah, the Surface Pro X is gone, so that's essentially their ARM model. Um, The Pro 9 got updated with the 12th gen, and they also have the Microsoft SQ3 processor as an option, which is essentially the ARM chip, which is essentially just a Pro X. But in more steps, or actually less steps, it's not a completely different skew and not a completely different style laptop or whatever. But 
This is ARM on Windows. Don't buy it. Yeah. Just don't. Um, Unless you put in Linux the, on this Microsoft Surface. Yeah, that's true. No. Feel like the only thing really you you should take away from them at this event is new colors. They look yeah. sick. They look real sick. But uh, other than good. that, it's pretty much the same thing as last year, other than like maybe a few design tweaks, very few minor design tweaks, and new chips. And that's about it. Thank you, Microsoft, yet again, for a very interesting, uh, definitely interesting, but still very lackluster um, event. So, thank going you. From, going from the disappointing to the downright irritating. <laughs> Uh, USB branding. Stop. I want to stop you there. Like, can we just not? <laughs> I watched a video the other day about this. It was... What is this? USB... USB went from, like, USB 1 to USB 2, USB 3, USB 4 to, like... They, they had USB 1 and then USB 2, and then they went USB 2.1... And then they renamed USB 2.1 to, like, USB 2, Gen 2, and then they just had this whole thing where it's just, there, okay, yeah. And then they like, have to do the thing where they have to mark where the super speed is the one with the actual, like, fast uh, transfer speeds, and the one with, the one that isn't super speed is actually bad. It's just a whole just, mess. And then you have Thunderbolt, like, and that's a whole mess. Terms that make no sense whatsoever. Like... I don't even understand how it makes any sense. I would, you know, <laughs> honestly, if I walked into a class one day and someone stared at me and said, oh, you have a USB blah, 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 port on your laptop, I would just stare at them. I'm like, you're probably right. I'm not going to talk about that. Goodbye. Yes, so annoying. Um, and yeah, like, the newest USB version was, like, USB 4 version 2 instead of, like, 4.1 or something like that. It makes no sense at all. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi like... and uh, USB is really taking notes <laughs> of each other. <laughs> um, but now, to the public, USB has issued a directive to basically say, you label your USB cables based on the speed that they can support. Fun, which now you have to deal with again another rabbit hole. Uh, some cables only transmit data. Some cables only transmit power. Some can do both. Some can do data, but they really are slow. So now you have to get a different cable that's faster. Like I said, this rabbit hole extends for so it extends so far deep. I don't understand how it doesn't go through the core at the other side. Yeah, it's just like it's it's pretty bad, but. At least this is a step in a direction of sanity. Ish. Ish. Because <laughs> they, they, we also, they also tried, ver I, I'm pretty sure they tried saying version or something at some point, and then they moved to the point system, and now we're on version, so who knows? Maybe USB 4 version 2 would be USB 4, point one, point one. I don't know. Version 1. <laughs> Let's just restart. USB 4 is now USB 1. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they would totally do that. USB 4 is now version USB 1, and then we have version 0 0.1. Version. It just, like, really, really. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's 2022, which means we have to update ourselves to 2022. 
Given this, the company has decided we are now changing all USB three uh, USB three to USB one and USB four to USB two as we move forward in our technological advances. All the other USBs, you ask? No. Outdated. Early two thousand. <laughs> the answer is no. No. Um. In other USB news, Intel's Thunderbolt five oh still uses USB C and will now hit up to a hundred and twenty gigabytes a second. Blazing. Actually, not up to it. Actually, I think it surpasses one hundred twenty because um, last gen hit like barely hit one hundred twenty. I think this one like just one hundred twenty. Whoosh. Yeah. That's Thunderbolt. And also the whole really? rabbit hole of compatibility because that's uh, fun. Yeah. Me me like preferring Ryzen but can't use Thunderbolt. Like I yeah. It's just you know, you can't get everything in this world. I want I'm a Team Red fan all the way. They don't got Thunderbolt. Like They don't have Thunderbolt. Ah The, the two enemies of the tech world, Intel and Apple, made Thunderbolt. So in typical Intel-Apple fashion, AMD does not have Thunderbolt. Yeah. Um, and in completely unrelated news, no relation to anything we've talked about today, Google is announcing Caviar, which is an alternative to Dolby Atmos. Dolby Atmos, as you probably know, is an audio codec that basically allows for audio to be positioned locationally. So if you're looking at, like, a, a movie, for instance, and you want, like, a, a, like, helicopter going from your back left to your front right, it's going to positionally track it using the speakers around you and kind of, like, using some audio trickery to make you, like, hear it go past you. So Whereas once again, like it is Google ba basically saying hardware issues solved by software engineers. Yeah, so Atmos did that, um, and what Atmos did is like it did basically that same thing software um, in like your encoding of the content and plus the reading of your device or whatever device you're reading it with, and it reads that and tells you, hey, this is this is the location that it is, and the speakers kind of map it out instead of, like, specifically saying, like, speaker left, it has this percent. It does that for you. Hmm. Google's looking at it and being like, why does this cost much? <laughs> so that's what Google's aiming to do, is make a royalty-free version of Atmos where you don't have to pay that same huge fee to Dolby. And that also makes Dolby not quite the same... Uh, like what monopoly that they were for? Yeah. So this could so. help make movies cheaper to make, or at least maybe Hollywood films would probably still default to Dolby Atmos because most obviously something that Google makes won't be quite the same as something Dolby makes because Dolby has like has years of experience. Right, but, but to the everyday least... user and other smaller manufacturers. TVs, babies, and TV manufacturers and stuff like that. This is definitely a great first step for them. Yes. And, like, even for recording studios. Oh, who, absolutely. Yeah. Like, this would make things so much easier. Just, like, your cameras will be less expensive. Your theaters will be less expensive. Your, like, content watching things systems will be less expensive. 
spot. Yeah. If Google has the staying power to actually realize this. <laughs> we'll see. Please. Google's hit us up. We'll Please. help you with your advertising, I promise. Please. Please. Have some staying power with this one. This one looks good. This one Please. looks good. I think a lot of the things you do, Google looks good. I promise. Like a lot of your stuff is not just like bad. Like from a standpoint, a lot of well, mo- a lot of most recent stuff makes sense coming from your end. Uh, yeah. Just because we show hate on y'all doesn't mean we don't hate the product. It's just mean we just don't like it right now in its current iteration. Me Can you try work. to make it better one more time? If you don't, then maybe consider just. Kicking it the bucket. I don't know. But yeah, it can... It... It needs... Things that you make will probably need work over time. Just don't give up. Absolutely. Keep that you've done You've done it so far with Pixel. With iPhones yeah. still being around. So, like, why can't you extend that courtesy to everyone else, Google? Please. Yeah. Give your devs some sanity. <laughs> I'm sure your devs are not happy that like the last twenty years of work they've been doing just kind of goes into the trash can unless on the ads <laughs> section. Yeah, well, that's really wrapping up all the major points of Techtober. We still have so actually that's a lie. You missed one key part in Techtober. What have I missed? The iPad event that happened a couple days ago. Do you think I care? <laughs> no, that's what I can't. Okay. <laughs> I want to take uh, my longest, like, this is my, this is the Tech Week uh, daily, weekly something uh, <laughs> attack at Apple. What the actual oh, heck? No. <laughs> Dude, I I saw the, like, event while I was preparing this script, and I'm looking at it like, oh. That looks that, so lackluster. <laughs> that's the change? Wow. It's okay. crazy how little I cared. And <laughs> okay. The and biggest caviar in the, instead. I put caviar in instead of this. I know. Because of how little I care. Okay, to to basically to basically break it up for you guys, two key points. This was the iPad event, and uh, we don't care about Apple TV and everything else because that's pretty dumb. Um, iPad Pro is the big first one. It has M two in it. Again, wow, big shocker. That's Almost nice. like they didn't do that with M one. Almost like the, the Apple iPad Pro is still super limited because of, like, the software in iPad OS 16. Fix that, Apple. Like, the most I'm exciting so thing, the most yeah, exciting I thing really, I saw in the iPad Pro uh, uh, launch was that DaVinci Resolve is gonna, now going to be on iPad. Congratulations. That's the most exciting thing I heard. Wait, it is? Yeah, it is. I think it's going to be free, too. Let me see. Yeah! DaVinci okay. Resolve iPad. Announces it will be ready in Q4 of 2022 with a free download and upgrade to Resolve Studio for as, as an in-app purchase. So, thank you, Resolve. Okay. Thank you, Blackmagic, for being a pioneer in, in software editing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Although it looks like there does not seem to be a Fusion tab, which is giving me a little bit of sadness. But you know what? I mean, it's an iPad... Yeah, it is it's an, an iPad. iPad. It's, it's an iPad with M2. It, mm-hmm. It's just a better... It's better than iMovie. That's the very least. It's better yes. than iMovie. But the oh. real, real killer for me in this event, iPad 10. 
for everyone else, that's basically the base model iPad in its 10th generation configuration. Take an iPad Air and basically make it cheap, cheaper, but better than an iPad Mini in terms of screen real estate, and you get the iPad 10. Wow. <sighs> USB-C. Oh, that felt, that felt really good listening to that whenever I heard it for the first time. Design, bezels are great. You know, everything's coming down to a much cleaner design now. And then it said Apple Pencil. I'm like, oh, second-gen support. No, it's lying. You have to use first-gen Apple, Apple Pencil still. And because it has the weird lightning connector that charges from the iPad, you know what you have to buy with that? A USB-C to lightning adapter for the darn pencil. <laughs> like, as if, as if a long stick hanging out your iPad wasn't bad enough. Now that long stick just got, like, increased in length, basically. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, Apple, what the heck? Like, I'm going to be honest with you. If Apple could have made this better, I would have considered buying the iPad 10. By far, if it would have had Apple's second-gen iPhone... Ah! Yeah, that's the reasons why we didn't think about including it. So, there you go, guys. We we diss on Apple a lot for reasons. Mind you, this this update to the iPad is the first one with small bezels. The one before this looked the same as the one from 2016. Yeah. So, what is this? You had all the time to put USB-C in here. You had all the time in the world. And then, of course, they made iPad Pro Thunderbolt, because that makes sense. You know, someone was, like, someone, someone like, on a Reddit forum or whatever, like, was thinking of they were, that Apple was going to put a Thunderbolt port instead of USB-C, because they're Apple for iPhone 15. <laughs> like... Here's the thing. I wouldn't even be surprised if that was true. This is so, like... <laughs> really? Apple, honestly, has been lacking a lot in iPhone. In iPhones for a long time. Like, iPhone 13 was really the first signs of it going down. And iPhone, the 14 and 14 Plus sales are really already at a low. Because people are buying to the Dynamic Island. Oh, the dynamic. <laughs> it looks terrible under sunlight. Oh my god, you don't understand. No offense to people who immediately go and buy the iPhone as soon as it comes out. Why? Why? Please. Like, could you Why? not sensibly understand that you're throwing a thousand dollars at a phone every year? It's the same phone. Every single year. Like maybe maybe you can say the biggest leap was from iPhone was from uh, iPhone X and, what is it, 11. But, like... 9 to 11 was, like, minuscule. Like... Maybe. It's just... Run... If your phone can turn on, do, like, your basic stuff at a reasonable speed, you don't need anywhere. You don't. You don't. You just don't. You know what? I Like, do you know a phone that I really just want Apple to refresh... What? The the SC except it has like the XR body. Yeah, that would be nice. Like, please, like okay, because like I said, I I won't be switching to an iPhone. I probably will say period for the next at least five years. 
because Pixel 7 and 7 Pro have proven to me that software goes a long way. And just because your hardware is bad doesn't mean you have to bump it up. So, just solve it with software. Effectively, take notes, Apple. Effectively, and you get a good phone. So, the only thing that's holding me back from getting a, a 7 Pro right now is just mainly uh, money. And also, I have to wait for DJI to come out with some app compatibility before I fully switch over that for my thing. But, Apple, if you do come out with an iPhone SE at around $429 or less, uh, for that's basically using an XR body... I will consider buying it. Yeah. Buying I'm it as like a secondary. I'm getting phone. more close than ever to just switching away from the e- ecosystem. <laughs> to it. Just absolutely, I do it. We need to have like a reveal party at one of the officers' meeting instead of like a gender reveal party or something. It would be reveal. Steven is fully switching off the Apple ecosystem. <laughs> well, that kind of goes against my philosophy of i'm not gonna switch or change my phone until it's on its last legs or like it stops getting software updates i want to break into your house and add and install a virus on your phone (laughs) (laughs) once once it once it basically once it stops getting updates which i think is the first thing that's going to happen to it i'm switching yeah i mean to apple's credit they do really good on keeping phones updated they, they have they have credit where it's due. Sometimes, you know, I feel like every update that's come out for a while has been battery reducing for a lot. Especially the always on display Apple. Like the animation's smooth, but like that's a pretty lackluster always on display. And it kills oh, yeah, battery. I've seen the always on display. It's just kind of there. Yeah, and also it's all it's just drains battery significantly more than people anticipated like okay your battery life won't be completely shot by always on display it'll just be a noticeable thing from a day-to-day basis yeah it's just like really techtober really been a mixed bag this week well this month but at least we did not have a scrubtober because yes that that was it's this is the trail mix month we had some m&ms in there and we also had some questionable what's your what's your favorite like how what's your favorite like nut not like no but like your favorite like almond walnuts like what's your favorite nut pecans yeah i i say i would say uh what is it actually i would say cashews cashews Cashews, Cashews. almonds or pecans i can't choose between the three i'm gonna say uh Cashews and pecans are oh, mac- together. Um, roasted peanuts are really good in between. There's like there's a, specific, kind of there's a specific kind of peanut I like. It's roasted, really good. Honey roasted. Those are those are good. Oh, those are great. Love how we went well, talking about tech to, to peanuts. <laughs> hey, fun though. Hey, best part. Well, that pretty much wraps up everything for Tech Week or Techtober, however you want to call this week or month. Hmm. Whatever it was. Absolutely. Well, looking forward to Space Week. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're not recording by then. But next Monday on Halloween, which is a holiday I rarely celebrate these days because I do not have money to make my own costume or buy one off the internet, um, we are looking at the first Falcon Heavy launch 
since 2019. Ooh. Oh, I am so excited. Like, this is the best. If it launches on Halloween, I'll be so happy. That's going to be so cool. Just like everyone's like, hey, why don't you want to go to this thing? And I'm like, I will be watching Space. <laughs> I will be watching the first Falcon Heavy launch. I was so disappointed when it did launch earlier this year in March. I was so hyped at the end of last year. I was like, let's go on 22 return of Falcon Heavy. And then it slipped even further away. Thank you, United States Air Force. <laughs> Again, it's not SpaceX's fault because I mean I'll go ahead and just say a lot of it now. Uh, basically, it's a Air Force a two classified heavy Air Force payloads, and uh, let's just say those classified payloads had a long development process, and they were really, really, really finicky. So, yeah, yeah, it's already in the hangar though. Thirty, we're 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 getting ready. Let's go. But other than that, I think that's about wraps everything up for both of us. Techtober, Tech Week, I don't know. Said something. Something indeed. But what is also something is this podcast. I am Derek Fan, one of your hosts of Everyday Engineers, not the host for Tech Week. That I am the host for Space Week, which is coming up sometime when I, if we're free. Um, and also, I have my host slash co-host, however you want to describe him. Even Panda. And we are signing off. Have a great week, everybody, and try to be sane as we head into the end of the year. And also... Yes. Oh, okay, just real quick before we do sign off. Do you, do you think the holidays start after Halloween or after Thanksgiving? Halloween marks the beginning. Okay, Ooh. I agree. Anyways, that's probably... I I, want to switch that. I want to switch that. I want to say Diwali, which is coming up. That should start it, but... Pretty sure that's going to be... I think that's... Yeah, that becomes a holiday in New York beginning in 2023. Yes, school holiday. I want it to be one here, but, you know... That's going to take a a while. That's a controversial opinion. You guys think however you want. Reach out. Reach out. uh, Reach out to us on your opinions about when the holiday season starts because you know we we, we're nerds and we think like that sometimes but other than that for real now we're signing off have a great week have a great halloween next week and that's about it have fun everybody yeah yeah